our very first podcast episode of what keeps us up at night tm um (laughs) (laughs) it'll probably yeah it'll probably change i i don't know hopefully it doesn't have to change i really like it i like it too okay we'll see yeah so um (laughs) i'm megan and i'm alicia and i have fake red hair (laughs) i have fake pink hair (laughs) that's all you need to know yeah exactly (laughs) and we are both currently sipping a very nice cranberry lime um Kroger seltzer water yeah (laughs) this is not like a shout out no (laughs) everybody go hit up your local fred meyer for that cranberry lime seltzer the best though it is actually i i i personally stand it yeah um so as we start this new podcast we're still kind of getting used to the flow Mm -hmm. um but i mean i guess in general like all you need to know is like we love to go down google rabbit holes yeah um big fan of the uh wikipedia randomizer button yeah um (laughs) and i love the website mental floss for like those Mm -hmm. yeah if you if you haven't seen it yet check it out because they have like a big questions tab which is nice just random yeah it's just random questions oh my god i know you gotta (laughs) get into it um so um we've been friends for half our lives that's all yeah wait how long is it now like like since 11. we were 11 and so we were, like i'm 22 year old i'll be 22, 22 in a couple weeks so like 11 years we've literally been friends for <laughs> half our lives okay like next year it's it's more than half our lives and then it just keeps going and we're so old ah. i really said the days start coming and they don't stop coming and they really meant it <laughs> i'm so overwhelmed <laughs> I <feel that. laughs> um so today we have two separate subjects for you we've each we've each compiled some things to teach each other about um which is probably how it'll work week to week yeah for the most part we'll probably just pick a different subject that probably has nothing to do with each other and then we'll just show up and talk about it yeah exactly (laughs) it's like it's the perfect adhd podcast yeah um (laughs) if you needed to know information about two completely different subjects all at once (laughs) we've got you yeah we're here to serve i love this (laughs) um so today alicia's gonna be starting first and what are you what are you bringing to the table today um so i've gone down the past week this very deep rabbit hole of missing 411 cases um which is sort of this phenomena of people going missing in national parks under like really weird circumstances okay um yeah can i ask where the 411 comes from um well the guy that kind of like started this whole thing's name is david paletes and uh that's just what he's written like 10 books about it and he just calls it missing 411 i think it's just like missing information or something okay that makes sense that does make sense but i don't know that's just what they're all called for some reason but yeah that's what all of his books are called too well good thing i'm not going camping anytime soon (laughs) i know oh my god i'm like so afraid of national parks after this (laughs) but anyways yeah it's it's (laughs) fucking terrifying um do i just like jump in yeah fucking go for it dive in Um, girl so david paletis is a former cop and he's now an investigative writer Uh, around 2013 he was doing research in a national park and he began talking to the park ranger about a missing strange persons case a miss a, a strange, strange missing persons case yeah <laughs> i like to imagine the person themselves <laughs> just like just weird. really fucking wacky like god have you seen that weirdo <laughs> over there like, like <laughs> wearing mismatched socks and then one day they're like wait where's the mismatched socks guy oh, like oh where'd god. he go i haven't seen him in weeks oh no <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay oh god um 
he so he kind of started digging deeper and talking to more national park rangers and people who are in the forest and search and rescue people and he realized that there's like a lot of cases of people going missing under weird circumstances and um so he initially started with trying to reach out to the national park services and essentially just being like hey can i get a list of all of your missing people so i can just investigate into it and they didn't get back to him for like a month and a half and they called him and they were like why do you want to know because it was a freedom of information act that he requested for like the whole list of missing people and they were like well why do you want to know about missing people which is illegal first of all you're not supposed to or i don't know if it's illegal but they're not allowed to use your reasoning as like a determination of giving you the information you know yeah it's not supposed to work like that and so he was like oh it's just for research and um and they were like, oh, we actually don't have a list. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And he was like, what? You don't have a list of missing people? That's crazy. And then he, they were like, yeah, we, we trust. He li- it literally quoted, like, we trust the memory of our workers as far as missing cases go. And so he was like, that's so weird. Why would they not, like, give me a list? And he, like, went on the website, and they have lists for, like, everything. Like, lists of, like, different like plants in the oh. national parks like a list of like every movie that's been filmed in what national park okay. so it's like you're telling me you don't have a list of missing people what that's like parks crazy. are these like what state i guess is this all of america oh my god like the whole u.s and yeah and then he was like okay well can i pay someone to make a list and he was like okay well because ju- the first one he was trying was like yosemite park so that's where a lot okay. of these cases are and he was like okay for a whole list of yosemite park to like pay someone to do that um would be like i think like thirty nine thousand dollars, and then they were like okay and for all of america it'd be like 1.4 million or something like that like a crazy amount just to like pay someone to put a list together apparently i just feel like there's totally somebody who has like the brain power and the time to just go to like steve because <laughs> yeah. he he, they essentially said like hey well all of our people just know who's missing so like if yeah. they turned up like we know you know yeah which so is also just, just like, like ridiculous yeah so if you just like went to everyone and were like hey like what's the name of everyone that you know yeah that's missing i think that's that's pretty much what he ended up doing is, yeah um because it's still never gave him a list like that's to this so day insane. i know yeah so um yeah it's so crazy uh so no list to be had so he he began like on internet and like through talking to people and stuff he started compiling his own list basically and to the right now he has like over 2000 cases that he's come like pulled together of like people going missing under weird circumstances and in these 2000 cases like he didn't include anything that could have been like suicide or an animal attack like if anything had any indication of either of those then he just ruled it out as like not a 411 case like because it had an explanation okay like all of these are like weirdly unexplainable like it's very strange the fucking windigo from season one of <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah never seen that but i believe you oh you should i recently tried to rewatch it it was pretty bad really yeah oh that's so tragic okay, <laughs> okay continue are they making another one like a new i season don't or know they really shouldn't i think i saw something about that Bro, and i was like, like oh boy they ended on like their 15th or 16th season like 
should not have <laughs> was, gone past like plenty. four <laughs> yeah oh for sure oh god okay so in uh so he began pretty much like finding cases and requesting the freedom of information acts for like each individual case and for some of them he did get and then other ones like they were like you'll never see this information and like they were like aggressive about it because they didn't like that he was like poking and prodding and it's weird because it's like why would they have anything to hide like it's not like he came in like thinking that they were gonna be all sus about it but then they were like super sus I mean, my assumption would be that it didn't have so much to be with, like, the national parks themselves, like, wanting to withhold the information or thinking he was sus. I think it probably was, like, a pride thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> They're like, like, oh, that. this guy's coming in and he's, like, trying to solve all these mysteries that we haven't actually solved. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I, we didn't have a list, but, like, somebody was out there, like, making sure that all of the plants were named, you know? Yeah. But, you know, fuck the people that come in here. (laughs) It's just so crazy. Like, you know they have to have a list. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, national parks are, like, weird. It's because it's not, like, owned by, like, state or, like, federally. It's kind of, like, its own weird thing. So they're not, like, legally required to keep a list or anything like that. Like, yeah. So they kind of, like, do their own thing. It's I, I don't really know how that works but it's just weird i don't know so yeah they can just not have a list and they can just like deny you freedom of information well i think it's technically because like how all of our our states are broken up into different cities and like how there's city police Mm. and there's like state police and all of that but like the state parks or the and even like federal parks like federal Mm. parks are federal parks so like that technically i feel like would fall into like a different realm Mm -hmm. of investigation Yes, I can see that. So yeah, so I guess the National Park Services just did not vibe with him um, poking and prodding. Uh, So he made his list of like 2,000 people in North America who have gone missing under very weird circumstances. Uh, Would you like to hear the criteria of these weird circumstances? Yeah, and it's weird because this list—it's like I feel like it sounds like a like just a random set of like things but like when you just start like listening to the cases you're like oh yeah it's like almost every case meets like most of this criteria okay yeah hit Um, me hit me i want to know people almost always go missing within 100 miles of a body of water so this means that there's a lot more cases on the coasts um versus inland although there's still a ton inland it's just like around lakes and rivers and stuff but like the majority like is almost always like not necessarily right next to the water like sometimes but like usually just like within a vicinity of a body of water okay um happens to people of all age types and intelligences it's slightly more common of children like there's a lot of cases of children going missing and the the people that do get found are usually kids and then they don't remember anything like ever oh my god okay (laughs) i thought that most of these people were like gone gone no some people do get found and they don't remember anything that's another thing of it is uh when they get found, they usually just remember, like, really foggy bits and pieces and things that you also don't make sense with what happened to them. Like, like, uh, like a kid goes missing for, like, six hours and is found, like, 12 miles away. Like, Whoa, uphill. What? Like, literally. And then they're, like, they ask the kid what happened and he's, like, oh, I hid in a tree. And you're, like, what? You hid in a tree? You, you had to trek 12 miles somehow. And, like, and then they're, like, not, like, scratched up or anything like you'd expect them to be. Like, just, like, bizarre. Like, there's a case I wrote about in here that's kind of like that. It's just, like, insane. Like, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll get to that. When we get to that. But oh my god. Um, if the per- if the person's found alive, they almost always have memory loss. If they're found dead, they're never able to find the cause of death, and they usually label it as hypothermia, even if there's like no physical evidence of hypothermia. Like, okay. I remember there was this one case where they like I was listening to that they labeled it hypothermia, but the dude had like the nicest camping gear on that you could have, like when he died, like nice like camping. Yeah, clothes. like stuff that you could wear in like below zero. Yeah. Exactly. But they're like okay. hypothermia because we don't know what happened, basically. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> whether they're alive or dead, their body or belongings are very often found at like impossible distances from where they were uh, where they were last seen. Um, like the twelve mile kid. <laughs> yes, the twelve mile kid. Exactly. Uh, kids are often found with their clothes like inside out or backwards, and their parents are like they can't even dress themselves yet. Like that's like. How is that possible? Like, that makes no sense. Uh, The search dogs can't find their trail or their scent. This is the part that, like, really gets to me because, like, like, the dogs will, like, in so many of these cases, the dogs will start tracking and then they'll, like, just start spinning in circles and lay down, which is them saying they're done for the day. Like, they're not going to keep going. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's, and that's so uncommon for them to do in any other scenario except, like, this, basically. So, basically, like, they send them out, they catch the scent of the kid that's missing. Yeah. And then like the kid just basically like vanishes yeah, from literally from the area they were missing in completely <laughs> yeah. and like, like they can't and then when they do find the kid later or they find like a body or they find clothes or something it's usually in a place that the searchers checked like multiple times yeah i feel like i've heard about like one of these before where mm-hmm. like a guy went missing and then they found his body like literally up a hill like where they had already checked yeah. previously and there was like no trees around or anything yeah I mean, that's obviously Crazy. just like a memory of like <laughs> a memory, but but that's how a lot of these cases are. It's just like it makes no sense because like I don't know. And a lot of times it's like a year later, like uh, like their body is just set on like a trail basically or something, and they're like, dude, like so many people have been on this trail, so many people search this yeah, trail, yeah, and it's just there. And then they they'll bring dogs like immediately, and there's like no other trace of like anyone else or anything else. Like it's just so bizarre. Like it makes no sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so the search dog part—that's like what really gets me in all these cases—is like the dogs just refusing to continue to look, or like, or they can't find any trace at all. Like that the kid was even like there. Like I don't know. It's just so nuts. Um, people often go missing when they're with others. That's kind of like people do go like some. A lot of these cases are like people by themselves, but like, uh, like at least half of them are like people in groups, and it's always the person that's like at the front, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go search this trail ahead real quick and see it's like make sure it's where we're gonna be," and then they just run up ahead, and then they're never seen again. Or it's the person at the very end who's like tailing behind, and then they say that they just look back, and suddenly they're just gone. So it's almost always with groups of people and it's always like just under everyone's noses and no one ever hears anything or says like, Uh, yeah, (laughs) I know that makes me feel less safe than the ones than previously. I I was like, oh, just bring a friend. (laughs) Right. I know. I told Wally, I was like, next time we go to a state park, we're going to have to like tie each other like to ourselves. Yeah, you just freaking like Hansel and Gretel it. (laughs) Yeah, dropping crumbs. You're like, hey, I'm going to go ahead. But like, hey guys, I brought this croissant. So just like follow the little like croissant pieces follow my croissant trail <laughs> follow my croissant trail <laughs> um and a majority of these are in the late afternoon to early evening so it's not even like nighttime spooky time it's just regular daytime okay well that's great <clears throat> that's awesome i know <laughs> so that's the weird criteria that a large amount of these cases uh fit yeah 
And um, these have these are cases that go back as far as the 1920s. Like it's not like this is like a new thing. Like the like a lot of them are like from the 20s and 30s and 40s. And then there's plenty. Like I have one that's from like 2010. Like and there's t- tons from like last year. Like it's oh like my an God. ongoing. So it's still thing. fucking yeah. Going. It's like it's not. And David Politis is like in the past couple of years he's convinced it's like a worldwide thing. So that's like his new books that he's putting out is about like this is like also in places in the other parts of the world because he's like seeing similarities yeah so it's like weird it's so weird oh my god yeah this has been keeping me up at night (laughs) time out here guys truly okay um okay well i guess i'll start with this uh one example um from good old washington where Uh, we reside the murder capital of the united states yeah we love it here (laughs) it's good to be here there's lots of trees people go crazy yeah (laughs) it's just so depressing here that's exactly yeah it's just it drives you down (laughs) it drives you down man yeah it really yeah after a while you're just too damn wet (laughs) (laughs) after all you're like this phenomena in the woods abducting people like an alien there's just a guy like it like a little scooter he's like hop on kid and then he like takes off he also doesn't leave a scent like or a trail (laughs) he like licks himself he licks himself like so that he doesn't have a scent like a cat he's like yes come in kid yeah that's exactly it he says hop in my bag oh god Um, so this one's from October 21st, 2010. Okay. Uh, Patty Krager was a 65 year old woman. Um, this morning of October 21st, her and her boyfriend, Larry Presley and five or six family and friends hiked on Sock Mountain to spread the ashes of Larry's late parents. Sock Mountain has old growth forests with some thick and rugged mountains and it's generally considered rough terrain. Um, Sock Lake was not far from where they were, the body of water part. Um, Patty wasn't, like, exactly a skilled outdoorsman, but she was known for being, like, a real tough lady. And she was also nearly deaf without her hearing aids, which she was wearing this day. Uh, the group had hiked up the mountain, and they spread the ashes and began back down the mountain. Oh, well, I'm glad they got that part done. They did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they came, but they came into a fork in the road, and, um... Patty was, like, convinced that it led back to the car, but, like, took a different way. And she was just, like... And she had her dog with her, too. She had a Rottweiler named Bear. Yes, and, she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so she was, like, me and Bear are just going to go down this trail. And they all thought that the fork met to the cars, too. So they were just, like, okay. And I, I guess they tried to get her attention real quick. And she just, like, kind of looked at them and then kept going down the fork. And that was the last time anyone saw her, by the way. So she was just, like, y'all, I'm so glad we had this moment together. Yeah, I'm just I know. gonna like yeah <laughs> that was like, like a, off, that like. Was, yeah that was kind of a weird aspect of yeah, that, just, that i felt too like i don't know i never just trail off yeah. in a different fork than my friends but is that just because i'm a follower like maybe i, I don't know <laughs> maybe patty's just like a rule breaker she doesn't patty's follow like, anyone i've got my hearing aids in yeah, i've got my to, hearing aids in i'm taking on the world and i'm today. ready to like punch a bitch like let's go <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Well, eventually everyone got to the cars and then they were waiting for Patty and Bear, but they never arrived. And pretty shortly after, um, they began, they called the, the, the search and rescue people and they came in really quick and started searching. Um, The search dogs were unable to find any trace of Patty or Bear. After three days of nonstop searching, they called it off, and um, Patty's son still continued to look every weekend. 
uh, with no luck. And it wasn't until 26 days later that a hiker found a malnourished Wattweiler confirmed to be bare, just wandering around the mountain. Uh... They immediately took search dogs to where Bear was, and they found no trace of Patty or anything like that. And um, it was the same scenario where they brought him to where Bear was, and they just kind of started sniffing and then just started laying down. Aww. And they were just like, no thanks. Uh, Is it bad that I'm just excited that dogs are I know, yeah, same. <laughs> I was like, oh, Bear made it. Yeah. I mean, like, of course it sucks that, you know, like, there's a human that's gone. Yeah. But I just, I get exceptionally sad it. when there's animals involved. I feel that uh it's uh it's very surprising that with the number of people searching and they had searched in the area where they found bear like that area was searched so they were like there why would bear have like not responded especially if patty was in distress or something like that like yeah. you'd think that he'd like hear the people because i mean search and rescue teams they're like yelling they're being loud mm-hmm. like they want you to hear them you know uh nothing of patty was ever discovered to this day oh my god yep. ro went up to spread the ashes of his freaking dead parents yeah. and then came back with it's her his boyfriend's wife. dead parents oh not even hers <laughs> yeah i mean hopefully she's just nicely maybe she like hobbled off and is in a village in the woods <laughs> but like the trace the dogs would have like smelled her like that's just, just like blows my mind. <laughs> i'm just like oh this just keeps me up at yeah night, that's really f- that was really freaky the worst one's even like creepier to be honest the, the next one it's like it's oh, about a kid God. and they find her but okay uh, okay so this one's one of the most fascinating ones to me okay uh this one takes place in 1946 and they were at the devil's den state park in arkansas arkansas if you will (laughs) and i will (laughs) i will (laughs) the van alst family were camping and eight-year-old Catherine van alst was swimming in her swimsuit with her brother and father fishing just like really close by her like they could still see her yeah and um the brothers and fathers claimed that they looked away just for like a minute and then she was gone. But they, the campground was like right behind her. So they figured that she just went back to the campground. Yeah. And so they didn't like immediately panic. But then when they were done fishing, they went to the campground and they realized that she wasn't there. And they were like, oh, my God, that's not good. Uh, so they notified the park officials like immediately and a large scale search began. Uh, this was seen as critical because the girl was barefoot in just a swimsuit and she was eight years old. Ah, <laughs> so yeah. like not good. Not, not good. Um, after six days of nonstop searching, uh, the hope was kind of waning until searchers were walking by a cave that they had searched, uh, with the dogs multiple times in the past six days. And Catherine just calmly walked out and said, here I am. Ah, yeah. that's some like horror level shit. Yeah, uh, I don't like that. I know. And they said that she was like eerily calm, like she wasn't like freaking out or anything. Like she just walked out like so calm, like here I yeah, am. Yeah, but she like knew that they were looking for her. Too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the cave was seven air miles away and six hundred feet higher than where she disappeared. Um, and that's air miles. So if she had walked this, she would have had to walk thirty zigzagging miles through steep, rugged terrain, barefoot in a six-day span that they were actively searching they were searching that whole area how would she have like been going this zigzag path and not have been found ah uh, yeah and <clears> she's <throat> also still barefoot in her she's swimsuit? still barefoot in her swimsuit yeah holy shit um her feet were described as like swollen but from bug bites like they weren't like cut up as if she'd been barefoot zigzagging 30 miles like that's not okay. like it did not look like 
And they after this, they had adults like fully like geared up try and make that track, and they couldn't even finish it. Like it's oh. like so deeply unrealistic. I mean, it has been said that children are kind of like steel. So yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, but... if you've ever seen like a toddler wipe out at a roller skating rink, like, yeah, and they just like get back yeah. up, and they're just like, it's like nothing, and, like, bleeding out of their nose. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, the cave that she was in had a freshwater spring, so that's what she had been drinking from, and um. Aside from a couple of cuts and bruises, she was, like, totally fine. And when they were asking her questions, she just said she didn't remember much of the past six days and that she just ate berries to stay alive and found herself in that cave. And the whole area is infested with poisonous berries. So, like, how did she know which ones were edible? Like, that's not... Uh, it's like, like a 50-50 chance. Yeah, if not even, like, slimmer, to be honest. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a lot of poisonous berries in this area, I guess. Um... But, yeah, I guess she ate berries and found herself in that cave. Um, she said she had just simply been unable to find the campsite, despite being right next to right next to it. Like, she said that she just started, like, walking away, and she just, like, couldn't find it, I guess. Like, that's just how she described yeah, it. Yeah, but why would you walk away for, like, that long in a, in a zigzagging direction? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just so crazy. Like, and I think at a point, you'd probably be like, I want my mom, and sort of well like the creepiest part is she claims she did scream she claims that after like a day she saw the searchers and that at one point she tried to call out to them but that no one heard her and she also said that once a tracker dog got really close to her but she was hiding and she was too afraid to come out so she didn't approach it but she claims that she literally saw a tracking dog like why would it not have smelled her that like blows my mind it's an alternate dimension yeah honestly like you can't like what else how else do you explain this and as far as I could find, these the only state. Oh, she uh, she said she slept in warm grass. Warm grass. She slept in warm grass, at least on the first night. <laughs> okay. Yep. And those are all the statements that she made. And it just has left everybody with no answers. And, and this is in Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah. I don't know how warm it is in Arkansas. I don't know how warm it is in Arkansas either. I don't either. But and I don't know when this was, like if it was in the summer. I, I just say agreed it was in the with summer. myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. To be here. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. I want to go on to this. Um. So I have um. There was this one case in June of 1969 okay. where a six-year-old was playing with his siblings, and they were just like, uh, I think that their parents were like, well, they were taking them camping up there, and the little the parents were talking to another adult, and there was like three little boys, I think, and they were like, oh, let's like hide behind the trees and scare mom or something like yeah. that, and so like two went one way, and the one boy Dennis went the other, and after like a minute, the two boys jumped out at their parents, but then Dennis didn't. And then he, uh, Dennis was just gone. And this was in Tennessee, in the Great Smoky Mountains. Okay. Um, the, so this search started immediately because they were like, where'd Dennis go? But it's like there had been like two minutes that had passed since they last saw him. Um, and nothing was ever found of him. And within an, uh, an hour of the search, there was heavy rain washing away any potential scents. And this one's weird, though, because the FBI got involved in it, which, like, never, like, happens. Um, and I have this really long quote of this ex-Special Force guy uh, who worked with this case. Um, it's very cryptic. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it w- I guess the FBI... Uh, they never, like, really do stuff in, like, they're never supposed to do stuff in the U.S., right? Like, on American soil or whatever, I don't think. The FBI? Yeah. I think the FBI gets involved when it's it's a case that goes over state lines. 
Okay. Or um, would when it's like, like federal? Be, yeah, like <clears throat> in like a federal park. Okay. So I think I don't know if the Great Smoky Mountains is like a federal park. I'm not sure either. But I guess the FBI, the Green Berets, and like all the police officers in that area got involved, and they searched for him for like weeks, and nothing was ever found of him ever. Like oh my god, even, Dennis. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I have this really cryptic cro- quote from Cro-ne. him. <laughs> yeah, one of those. <laughs> I had to. Uh, he says, our special forces are never called to assist in civil operations. That falls to local National Guard and is approved by state governor. The fact that they were armed as well is another huge no-no. Because they they, when they were looking for this boy, all the FBI people were armed. Like, What were they going to do when they saw him? Like, it's, well, Okay, he gets, he gets pretty cryptic about it. He says, during my command and every other mission that I was aware of, we were not allowed by federal protocol to do either. Something is very wrong with this missing kid scenario. I've done some research on this case, both while on active duty and after my retirement. The inside facts of this case depict a frightening investigation. Bottom line is that the searching began within a few minutes of the boy's disappearance and lasted three months, with every resource imaginable being deployed. Don't even start with the, but the terrain was difficult, and holes, and caves, and cliffs, and creeks, etc. Our special troops can find almost anything, anytime, and in any terrain. We have the highest technology available worldwide, and easily the best training and real-world wartime and mission-specific experience that the normal civilian populace can scarcely imagine. Um, after yeah. studying this case, the fact that no trace of the boy was ever found is mind-boggling. The Green Berets that were tasked in this search were there for a specific reason. They were armed for a specific reason. I can't and won't say why, because my oath documents won't allow it. But I will remind you of these facts. Nationwide, there have only been four occasions where special forces were brought in on missing civilian cases. Two of these involved possible armed perpetrators, and the other two were this case and another similar to similar to it about three years later and regionally nearby this is out of thousands of missing cases since the early 60s when our special ops were born i just feel that that's very cryptic um it also just sounds like he's kind of like petting his ego a a little bit bit too of like how jack i don't know but when you listen to him talk about it it's like he's almost like nervous or something i don't know like it really distresses him of like the fact that like uh Oh, and then, uh, so, like, uh, there's, like, this leading theory of that there's, like, feral people that, like, live in deep oh, and, like, yeah. national mm-hmm. forests. And a lot of people think that's what he was talking about, is, like, maybe that's a thing in that area. Because um, when I was listening to this, there was another podcast I was listening to about this, and um, they had this clip of, from, like, the 70s. I don't remember where the guy was, but he was, like, deep, deep in, like, a rural part of, like, a forest, and um, it was like a hunting spot that they were going to. And they were just like holed up in this tiny shack. And at night, they started hearing um, just like these crazy sounds. And he has a video recording of it. Like it sounds so ah. creepy and crazy. And um, it's like the people are like talking in this like language that like isn't real. And they've had linguists listen to it. And they're like, yeah, they're like taking pauses like you do when you talk. Like the way that they're like phrasing things and like like it sounds like a language but not like a language anyone's ever heard before and um and they were making like just like crazy howling sounds and stuff i don't know if we can like edit a clip into it or something i can try to find one if you like want to get the youtube i can find it yeah stick it right here and it's so interesting because it's the dude recorded it in like the 70s and it's not like this was like a hyped up thing back then and he and it's crazy he's like he's like 
he's like making sounds back to them like in the clip like he's like he said that they had they were like scared shitless and that they like just blocked off the door like super heavily because yeah. this tiny shack they were in but for some reason like you can hear them like making their sounds and stuff and then he's like starts making the sounds like back at them why would I you don't do know. that he's like That's what oh my god says. i'm so terrified i'm gonna block yeah. the door off but i'm then gonna like tempt them yeah. here i don't know and then he claims at one point at the end of the video he's like he says like oh i can see him down there by the river like he's like i don't know he claims he can he could have seen them and i don't know so that's crazy but he's uh, just some, like cult activity yeah that's kind of what <laughs> i was thinking too like just some like cult that just went into the woods and never came out you know or something like yeah, that or something or a lot of people think that uh it's people that lived there before uh colonization and that they just were never able to like boot them you know or like get them out because they were just so yeah. deep in the forest i mean honestly good like, yeah i mean their land if they want yeah. it you know <laughs> but i mean maybe uh, don't steal maybe children don't steal children that's kind of like an iffy one there for me at least um <laughs> Yeah, so those are missing 411 cases. Uh, there's literally thousands. Like, I, I just picked a couple. Like, I just picked a couple out of, like, a PDF book of his that I found. Like, <laughs> that is, like, legitimately terrifying. Yeah. I feel like it's almost scarier that it happens, like, in times when you feel like you're safer. Right? Like, that's what yeah. I always think, too, is, like, when I'm with friends, I'm safe. Like, yeah. when it's daytime, it's safe. But, like, not always, Not I always. I mean, also, too, it seems like it's just people that are, like, there and then they're like you look away for a second and then they're not. It's almost like, like they just like drop out of like the world somehow. Yeah, exactly. I remember I didn't. I wanted to. uh I wanted to include this, but I didn't have time. But there, I remember I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how like this one dude went missing, just like 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 the rest of them. Like mm-hmm. he was with his friends and they looked away and he was just suddenly gone and there was never anything found of him. And but like. I think it was like a year later, someone was hiking and they found his clothes that he had been wearing like folded up and sat on top of this log and his shoes looked like still like brand new. Like they hadn't been sitting on that log for the past year. Like they were still like white and clean. And then they found um like two miles away, like a month later, they found like his backpack and, or like maybe like the back backpack straps or something like that, like so a yeah. part of his backpack and like an energy drink that he was known to drink just sitting there on a log. And like a gust of wind could have blown the energy can over like that's yeah so crazy. it would have had to been like placed in yeah and they brought the dogs and nothing came of it like they never ah. found anything of him and that's it like i don't know that just blows my mind the whole like folding up clothes too that seems to be yeah. another thing that i hear of is like uh like their clothes are like folded up neatly and a lot of times these are labeled as hypothermia so they're like oh they took their clothes off because like in the late stages of hypothermia people will take their clothes off yeah. um but it's like they're not gonna fold them like what when you're like dying of hypothermia you're not gonna like sit there and like fold your clothes nicely and like set them down like in a good pile and then like die of hypothermia like like, my mama didn't raise me in a barn (laughs) oh my god and then they fold their clothing and die quickly like i don't know uh, it's just so crazy to me nothing makes sense there's no answers (laughs) yeah i would be interested to like hear some like globally too yeah because like, i mean this is supposed to happen across the mm-hmm. like world right yeah that's that's uh his more recent claims yeah okay injury <laughs> yeah i don't know man this is just blowing my mind and it's made me afraid of like the wilderness a little yeah there's like i think yeah it's a podcast called park predators and I listened to that before we went on a camping oh trip last summer. And I, every single twig snap, anything, I was like, 
just ready (laughs) yeah this has not helped because now i'm like oh i'm gonna go on a hiking trip with my friends and it'll be fun and then i'm gonna have a good time we're all gonna come back safely and then like nobody comes back it's like yeah yeah good not ideal it's a less than ideal situation do you know when the like most recent one was um i don't i mean it's like still actively going on though like people just go missing all the times and chris Pilatus has like some shade to throw at the national park service because he thinks that they're almost like negligent of these cases and like the way that they like uh like because he's like if you had like produce a list like that would like and immediately help like yeah right? like research well i'm honestly stuff. surprised even that like they are they like telling the police about these missing people or are they just so. holding them close to the chest? I, I guess, I guess who knows? Like they have their information to their chest and I don't think they have to tell anyone about it. But I mean, when people go missing, they usually call the cops first and then, it's, yeah. and then the national park services. So it's like yeah. cops you call and then the park service is like, well, this is ours. Yeah. It's their domain. So then they send out like rangers and then, and then there's usually like volunteer like search groups or whatever. Yeah. That, like, of come and like search, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's so crazy. <laughs> it freaks me out. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess people also will throw shade at David Pilates because he uh, like was like a Bigfoot guy, I guess. But he doesn't like correlate oh. Bigfoot to any of this. He doesn't tell you what he thinks, actually, because um, okay. he just wants to like remain credible, basically. Yeah, I uh, don't think you could really get off like doing something like this and yeah. then like going like. Well, the Bigfoot stuff was before he had started doing this. Like, I guess he had, like, a book about, like, how he thought Bigfoot was real and, like, yeah. (laughs) And, like, yeah. So, like, a lot of people, like, didn't take him seriously because of that. And then, so he started. And then it was, like, just a year or two after he was, like, done with Bigfoot that he, like, started researching this stuff. He's, like, I gotta (laughs) build a better library of books here. Like, ones that people will actually buy from me and read and think, like, I'm credible and I have my stuff together. But he is a former cop, too, which for i mean yeah whatever that credibility gives you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh that's uh that's the missing 411 cases i don't i have no answers just more questions (laughs) (laughs) good let it fuel you (laughs) it it does okay okay now tell me what you've got um i have brought to the table some some sweet some sweet uh <laughs> knowledge um as far as nfts go i'm so excited <laughs> i have no idea about um, nfts yeah so i mean i guess question do we want to take a quick break sure okay i gotta pee i do too <laughs> <laughs> okay so after after this quick little breaky poo we're gonna come back with some nft bro stuff <laughs> yeah awesome uh i can't wait to uh cryptocurrency with you i can't wait i'm looking forward all right all right we're back i have peed all of my pee out me too <laughs> and i am now drinking a lemonade mm, i'm still sipping on this bubble you're welcome to anything baby <laughs> thank you that was so charming I, i'm so glad i did not feel very charming uh won't lie the break was kind of nice because my head um with the glasses and the headphones it's a lot it's a lot yeah. it kind of it, it's been digging into my ear yeah for i can see a, that you need like l- earbuds or something yeah 
I mean, I could make that happen. She's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I want to match, you know? Like, yeah. there's something to it. There's, like, a real podcaster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm so glad that all of that money I uh, wasted on audio school is going <laughs> oh. towards something. <laughs> going towards good. Oh, yes. All right. Well, are you ready to become a certified NFT, oh bro? God, I'll do my best. <laughs> I swear, with stuff like crypto and NFTs, like it's like my brain does this thing where it like puts a wall between like the thing and like my brain, and it's like you don't understand this. Like, I will have you know, I spent way too long just trying to understand <laughs> what it was first, uh-huh. and then the problem is that like once you understand what an NFT is, then it just becomes more questions. Oh, okay. Because it's like okay, well then if an NFT is on this then what is this and then how do you get this and uh, it's just yeah so there's some things that I probably won't even be able to answer today because I'm still vibing it out yeah but I got like the general gist okay so I'm sure like most people nowadays have heard nft um do you know what nft means non-refungible token or something like that? yeah no you hate you're pretty close yeah. it's just non-fungible, non-fungible token. i was like yeah yeah no R. <laughs> non-refungible non-fungible <laughs> so i mean non-fungible token, token yeah so it's it's a little difficult to understand when you first get into it but it's essentially um let's let's break it down like this okay so non-fungible let's take that part of it out okay and describe that first and then come back to token so fungible is a word that is really fancy but mm-hmm. essentially just means replaceable oh okay so yeah like, it's like a one of one basically yeah exactly it means replaceable or interchangeable like if you poured your seltzer water on the floor you could just go get another seltzer water mm-hmm. um so non-fungible then means non-replaceable non-replace. so like there's only one unique piece yeah like um the mona lisa or yeah um i don't know what's another famous thing <laughs> uh starry night yeah, yeah. yes it's like that, that exactly <laughs> so for instance if you go online and let's say alicia mm-hmm. you want a new swimsuit okay. because it's finally getting above 60 degrees I'm, in I'm so washington it's almost June. It's finally yeah, above 60. Exactly. It's like 68 outside today. And I was like torn so on wearing nice. shorts. Yeah. Like that's how Washingtonians rock it. <laughs> um, but let's say you go online, you get a new swimsuit and you order the swimsuit um, and you find one you like. So you're like, OK, add to cart and you purchase it. Mm-hmm. So you know that they're going to make thousands of that same exact swimsuit yeah. and they're going to send it to different people. They're going to send it to different stores. Mm-hmm. Um, they might send it to like um like their own store they might send it to like a target or something that sells it in it yeah and you don't care which swimsuit in particular they send you out of those thousands yeah you just want it to fit you and be in that design Mm -hmm. right so that means that that swimsuit is fungible okay okay yeah so it's it's you don't care what out of a variety of any item they give you Mm -hmm. just that they give you a swimsuit right so that swimsuit is replaceable and fungible now for non-fungible um when i was a baby or i guess i was kind of like three mm-hmm. somebody gave me a stuffed rabbit okay yeah. they made thousands of the stuffed rabbit for sure for sure they put them on shelves everywhere for easter because uh-huh. i was born in march and everyone ties them together yeah. um but that bunny has been with me since i was three <laughs> and i still have it 
and it's dirty as hell it has a hole in its eye but that bunny to me is non-fungible yeah like there's not another one like it no because no matter if you were to give me another rabbit of the same exact design and you got it at the same place and you for some reason kept it in a closet somewhere (laughs) and it's yeah you've made it look exactly like my rabbit it still would not not be my rabbit yeah like smells different yeah it's just not the same exactly so my rabbit is non-fungible and irreplaceable i also have a stuffed rabbit i've had since (laughs) i was like three we all have like one like that or like a baby blanket like you gotta hold on to them Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have one too it has tigger all over it minus flowers my they made it out of my mom's pajamas that apparently i was like obsessed with oh my like great aunt made them like into a blanket (laughs) (laughs) she was like y'all don't need pants anywhere you need a blanket yeah i guess um okay so everything in our society like physically can usually broken into one of the two groups of fungible Mm -hmm. or like non-fungible and usually the non-fungible items are the ones that end up being more expensive yeah so like if there's one gucci watch made that's that like Gucci watch expensive. is way more expensive than, it, like, say, like a bag of rice at the store. Yeah, you know, you make thousands of those yeah. every single day, probably you can get more rice than that. Like anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So now you understand non-fungible. I do. Yes, you you feel fully. Yeah, I feel, feel fully funged. On that term. I feel funged. <laughs> oh, very good. funged. Good. I'm so glad you feel funged. <laughs> um, okay, and a token is an asset that you were selling using cryptocurrency. Okay. Okay. So. Currently, most NFTs, non-fungible tokens, li- live in the Ethereum blockchain. Mm-hmm. Big, big idea here. I've heard Just of roll the with me. The blockchain. <laughs> the blockchain. I don't know what it is. The blockchain. <laughs> um, so when NFTs, like a piece of art or like a basketball play video or something, are listed on a website like OpenSea or there's other websites for nft buying but Mm -hmm. they go through a minting process um to become like a minted token okay um so mint it oh god don't even get me started (laughs) um it's it's a lot of computer power and there's people called miners yeah and yeah so we'll we'll come back to that yeah that's like a whole thing that's a whole thing um so they are then tokenized and when they are tokenized, their location can be found pretty quickly on the blockchain for the person that buys it. Like the location um, of the person who buys it? or No, the, the location token. of the token itself. Okay. Yeah. So it'll usually be like within their quote unquote like wallet mm-hmm. in the Ethereum like website yeah. thing. Um, so when that token like is sold to another person. So like say I put it up on OpenSea it's minted tokenized and then another person say you for some reason buy it Mm -hmm. um that means that you can then see that transaction and where that location of that nft is Mm -hmm. and those are both going to be noted in the blockchain itself okay as well as like pulled up in your wallet so you can see it okay yeah so <laughs> to better fully understand what a token is though we have to like dive a little bit deeper into the blockchain okay so um the blockchain is technically cryptocurrency's answer to not using banks yeah um like yeah like a bank alternative it's like something. a bank alternative so the blockchain is essentially a receipt of transactions um and they are in blocks of transactions 
which okay. is why it's blockchain. Okay. So every block is a block of different transactions and they're all chained together. Okay. To strengthen each other. Okay. Yes. Like all of your transactions or like just everyone? all transactions. They're just glumped together. They're just all glumped together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's um, so hard for me to like imagine things that I that aren't real, you know? Like oh, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Okay. So that's a pretty big idea. Mm-hmm. Um but the blockchain is essentially a receipt of transactions and instead of a bank verifying your purchases, your purchases are verified by computers yeah the miners. so yes so let's break it down let's go even further down <laughs> so with physical money um let's say you make me a piece of art mm-hmm. let's say you draw me a beautiful portrait i commission you okay. and i'm like oh my god great job great work um i swipe my little card i cash app you i venmo you whatever yeah. right this and is like a real life situation yes this okay. is a real life situation yes I, you owe me art give me your art um good okay so um let's say i want this piece of art i sweat my card i venmo you uh, whatever mm-hmm. right my bank will get a little notification that i'm trying to purchase something from you yeah. and say that i'm trying to purchase this piece of art from you for 300 dollars because yeah. i am a generous art buyer very generous and that money needs to go from my bank to your bank yeah okay so my bank is going to check to make sure that i have three hundred dollars at the very least in my account and it's going to say okay if you have three hundred dollars in your account approved cool Mm -hmm. you're doing great um and then you'll pass over the art and i can hang it in my house right yeah um and then also my bank will send that money to your bank and your bank Mm -hmm. will go okay cool she just made three hundred dollars today so let's say you had like 300 in your bank already or something it'll at the end of the day balance um plus 300 yeah so you'll have 600 dollars in your account okay right so that's how things work currently in the physical world so we trust these banks to keep track of those transactions and do it accurately Mm -hmm. um nfts are kind of like that but digitally yeah so we'll break that down okay (laughs) so in the digital realm there are no banks and the currency we exchange is called cryptocurrency whether that's Mm -hmm. like ether or bitcoin or dogecoin Dogecoin or (laughs) whatever you're using right um most nfts are bought um with ether though because Mm -hmm. most of them are on the ethereum blockchain so i'll talk a lot about that it's usually uh what's that called uh it's usually shown with like an ETH. Oh, like the abbreviations? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. Okay. So um, the bank in this situation is what we refer to as essentially the blockchain. Yeah. So the blockchain is made up of tons of different computers um, manned sometimes by miners mm-hmm. whose entire job is to make sure that or make these micro calculations and then check those those calculations those numbers against all the other computers doing the exact same thing so here okay so let's say like you get a block of transactions okay and all of the miners currently on ethereum which we will get into the problems of this later (laughs) will hop onto it and you have to make some calculations okay Mm -hmm. And the reason you have to make calculations is so it's essentially like it's essentially like the 
crypt <laughs> how do I explain this it's like you know those when you go to a website and it's like are you a robot yeah it's essentially like that making but sure you're not a robot ba- like making sure you're not a robot or, or making fake transactions or double using coins yeah. or using some just making sure yeah, everything's all good basically. no fraud essentially yeah. um so all of the miners will hop onto this and then they have to do a little calculation um which I think I ugh, I it has a special name I think it's called starts with an N a nonce I think it is okay um and then that nonce is added to a hash which is just another like they click together and they make a full equation essentially mm-hmm. and then once that is figured the miner that essentially got that solution they are like ding 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 you're the winner and you get all of the ether okay from that transaction okay okay. Well, not from, like, you get the fees from that transaction. So all of the other miners then have to uh, verify that you did it correctly. And that's much easier to do than to find the nonce. Mm -hmm. So basically all of these miners are trying to um, find the equation quickly. And the easiest way to do that is by using tons and tons of computers. Because you you up your ante. um, You up the amount of computer power you have. You Mm -hmm. up the amount of ether you can get. And that is good because you want more of that. That's Mm -hmm. It's equivalent to... Um, essentially real money and that's how people make so much off of yeah. off of um, like Bitcoin and things like yeah. that so there we go <laughs> um, so now we describe NFT transactions okay. so we have the idea of how you get this ether you yeah. have the idea of how mining works um, how verification works somewhat yes. um, and now let's go into NFT transactions so let's go back to the piece of art that you're selling me okay okay so now instead of dealing with dollar amounts or me Venmoing you or whatever, right? We're gonna deal in cryptocurrency because for some reason now you only you only accept Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. You said my my art studio is a Bitcoin only studio. Oh God. <laughs> so I go to your little shop and I say, give me that painting up there. Mm-hmm. And I say, Alicia, I will pay you three hundred dollars in Bitcoin for this piece. Is that good for you? And I say yes. Okay, perfect. So I will then buy that from you and submit that. And a ton of computers will all look at the transactions that I have made in the past and verify that I actually have enough to pay for that. So instead of like having like a bank that privately communicates with another bank, all of our transactions are posted online free for everyone mm -hmm, free for everyone to look at publicly and that way we can like basically check ourselves okay so it's like people checking people yeah essentially or i guess computers checking people no bank shadiness no bank shadiness (laughs) none of that um so if i do have enough money and they go back and look at all my transactions i've made before and they determine that my balance is above the 300 Mm -hmm. then they say sure Go for it. And then they log that transaction in Mm -hmm. to the blockchain. 300 is then subtracted from my overall balance and added to yours. Okay? Okay. However, if for some reason during the transaction period, they see that I have like 295 Mm -hmm. or something, they'll say, hey, hey, discrepancy. Mm -hmm. And they will not allow me to buy that. And you'll go, get out of my Bitcoin only art shop. I can't have (laughs) you you in here. You don't have enough Bitcoin for my (laughs) Bitcoin art shop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now let's talk specifically more about NFTs. So let's say in this case, I made an NFT. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is a picture of my cat, Binks, and it is painted only with my toes. Oh, 
That's like the best part. <laughs> so let's say that somebody in the UK is like, oh my God, that is a beautiful picture of Binks. I love that you painted it only with your toes. I will give you 300 crypto dollars in exchange for this quote unquote token. Okay. Let's say. Token. I, yeah, exactly. I, you see my. <laughs> okay. So I posted this cat of Binks or this cat of Binks. Well, she is a cat of Binks, whatever. Is, yeah. I've posted this picture of Binks to say like OpenSea or something yeah. like that and had it minted and it is now tokenized. Okay. So now this UK man is like, I will give you 300 for that picture. You did a great job. I want it to be mine. And so as long as they have $300 of cryptocurrency in their account and for some reason want my picture that I only painted with my toes, they will submit that. All of the computers around the world go super cool. You want that. You have the balance. Go for it. Payment Mm -hmm. goes through. Accepted. And then they are given complete ownership of that picture and they get a little certificate that says, this is yours now. Congratulations. So this is a picture we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And it doesn't even necessarily have to just be a picture. It could just Yeah. Somebody has thing. sold the first tweet. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. People do things that, like, already exist. Yeah, exactly. Basically. So um we, we can the get first into the ever yes the first yeah. it was it was posted by twitter's co-creator i think uh-huh. i can't remember his name off the top was of my he head. the one that sold it i i actually don't know i would assume so i don't think like somebody i mean i don't yeah, know i can usually sell someone else's stuff. yeah here's where we get into the issue with yeah. things like nfts is there has been a lot of talk about like the immorality around that because there's a lot of people that have taken dead artists work and mm-hmm. sold them as nfts yeah. um or like taken dead likenesses like i think was it funko pop made like a dead like i mean bob ross is deceased he's yeah. no longer with us bless his heart and his little squirrels oh. um but they made like a Funko Pop of him and they made mm. that an NFT and people were like, that feels morally incorrect because yeah. he's not here. He's not around to say, hey, yes, use my likeness for yeah. that, you know. Um, I mean, don't even get me started on like that. But there's <laughs> been other like ones that are a little bit more sad where like I watched this whole video. I'll try to post like every link I used to. So mm. um, but I saw this video of this this guy who was talking about like the morality of NFTs and there's this girl who was I think she had like stage four cancer of some sort mm. and she was she was making artwork about like what it was like to live like that and like she ended up passing away and somebody stole her likeness and her art and was selling it as NFTs and making money off of it. How does that how does that uh go through the minting process? Is that not part of the minting process? Is them saying that it doesn't belong to them? I mean, I would assume not since it made it through. I would hope nowadays that it's, it's a little bit more secure yeah. and people are actually looking at that. Yeah. But the but problem also how can you like find out? Yeah, exactly. Like, you'd have to you'd have to know especially cuz a lot of people won't like publicly post if something like that has happened mm-hmm. like you'll have to go through their family's accounts or things yeah, like that like deep uh-huh so a lot of the issue with that morality is like number one screw the artists stealing that stuff mm-hmm. quote-unquote artists yeah. but also like all of the people that are buying that artwork don't know that they're buying somebody else's art yeah so, they probably think it's from the original person yeah so they're like okay cool yeah i'll give you like three hundred thousand dollars for that that's cute yeah um Uh, yeah Uh. but so anyway 
they get their certification. This is yours now. And that is because the only thing that the blockchain actually checks for is balances and that transactions add up Mm -hmm. to that balance. So now the transaction is written into this code and it says, here's this painting within the code. This is its location. And it is now owned by this man in the UK and my toe. (laughs) has been passed on to another person and that makes it non-fungible because i have taken this token that i have minted in an inside the code it is it's it is a sole token okay and it it located in one specific area yeah okay and i said this is yours Mm -hmm. okay so oftentimes when you own an nft you can get more than just the picture um it totally depends on who is selling it to you though Mm -hmm. so you can usually like with um was a lazy or no the fucking ape ones no it's lazy lions and something apes yeah i i forget what it's called like crazy apes or something crazy apes i I think that's like it's like but there's like all the like monkey picture dudes god damn it it'll come to me too because i was just i was just reading about it earlier this morning (laughs) it'll come back to me um but for those ones in particular like you can make t-shirts mugs prints like you own that entire design now it is yours you can do whatever you want with it you can make your profile picture you can plaster a mural on your wall you can plaster the copyrights Mm -hmm. exactly and if for some reason somebody was like oh i love your your monkey picture or your board ape your board ape picture and i want to buy it off of you you now own that picture so yeah. you could sell it to them as an unf- non-fungible token and then they own it and then they own it okay. and you could arguably like if they were like man i'll pay you like a, like twice as much as you you paid for your board because i really love it and like and then you you make, you make a profit yeah. off, off it that way but yeah so the value doesn't entirely revolve only around the token um i dived deep so deep that I ended up on Gary V's podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> and this man is so sure that NFTs are going to be the next currency, but that is also coming from a man that swallows his gum to save time. He swallows, he his, swallows gum his gum to, save, gum to time. save time. That does not save that much time. No, it does not. Okay, <laughs> so I do not trust him. That's um, I've heard a lot of people say that he's like I don't know if it's a proper way to use this word, but like a grifter almost. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. He really gives me the ick. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but I dove deep and this man is very sure that NFTs are going to be the next currency because mm-hmm. of that exact reason. Okay. Um. However, I don't think so because it's non-centralized and also it's not even based around really anything. Yeah. That's um, kind of what I'm like. Like who runs it? Like and nobody does the blockchain runs it. Just keep getting bigger. Like mm-hmm. is that it's just growing ever yes. expansively. Yes. Okay. And that is where we get into the problem of like climate change and things like mm-hmm. that, um, which I have more information. Uh, on. <laughs> I'm always down to hear um, about climate change. So I actually messaged Alicia when I was working on this. I was sitting in a little coffee shop trying to write mm-hmm. out all my notes, and I was like, I wonder what she wonders, you know? <laughs> like, because I feel like the NFTs in general just feel like really hard to, um like get into i guess is like a good word for it yeah like comprehend like just i just feel like it's really hard to like get into as like an average person yeah so i just messaged you and i was like hey like what are some questions you have about nfts and you said why would you buy an nft if you could just screenshot it yeah and to that i say (laughs) screenshot it Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) no i mean it's it's essentially like 
for sure you could screenshot it and you have that image on your phone or your computer mm-hmm. or wherever but you technically like you don't own it yeah you can't like so yeah and stuff. yeah exactly because that would be copyright infringement yes. so screenshotting an nft is not actually the same thing as owning it so it's essentially like the difference between owning for some reason the mona lisa mm-hmm. or if you owned like a like another like great piece of artwork you know or a yeah. statue versus if you went to a museum or something and took the, a picture of that yeah. painting like you okay. have a picture of that painting for sure but yeah. it's not the same as if you had like a actual painting in yeah, your house like you can take sense. it home and print it but like it's like comparison. yeah exactly so it's like for sure you could screenshot it mm-hmm. like i mean it's dumb for some things but like <laughs> um but like you couldn't sell it you couldn't make money off of it you just yeah. have like a screenshot you know okay. yeah you don't actually own any sort of rights to the piece yeah. um but why do nfts sell for so much <laughs> that was another question <laughs> yeah. you had so it's the same reason the art fr- sells for so much yeah that's but and isn't art like like notoriously like a money laundering business so that kind of gives me like shady vibes about nfts and stuff write that shit down for another episode because i would (laughs) love to know um nft money laundering here she goes she's opening up the notebook y'all here it goes it's going down (laughs) okay so basically the reason the nfts sell for so much and it also gets into a shady business which um in which people will buy and sell nfts to bump the price up yeah um like say we were besties which we are and i made an nft and you made an nft and i was like good god i have a plan alicia and i am going to buy your nft for 50 dollars, and you're gonna buy my nft for 75 dollars, and i'm gonna buy yours for 100 and then it goes up and up and up and up and up until other people are like whoa oh my god what yeah i want in on this what is this and like it gets the hype up and then you before you know it like maybe your one nft that you like have for five dollars first off that i bought from you from Mm. you for like five dollars is now worth like millions (laughs) so So yeah so a lot of people yeah but it also comes with the believed scarcity of nfts in particular like particular nfts um so it's like kind of the same as wanting to own a piece of really like high value art Mm -hmm. or something like like um have you heard of like the top shot like basketball like highlight reels that they're selling as nfts no i don't think so yeah so like they're selling um well, I can't I'm just saying there because I can't remember the exact person who's selling them. Yeah. I'm sure it's a good amount of people in general, but they're selling videos of these like top shots, like the best shots in the NBA. And it's like highlight reels, essentially, of these shots yeah. like LeBron James shot, like whatever. You but know, does that money go to them like the basketball players? Like, That's a good like question. I feel like it should, too. <clears throat> um, I mean, my hope would be that it's them selling it, but. I would also think too they've kind of signed over any rights to their yeah, name and their footage that's taken and of any them. footage that's yeah. taken of them. So I guess too. probably whoever took the footage is probably who owns it. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Interesting. Morality. Yeah. Morality. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it the the value of it is based upon the scarcity of it, how rare it seems, how much humans are willing to pay, mm-hmm. and then a lot of things are like most people believe they're buying into an investment yeah like oh i own this thing now i can sell it for more than i yeah. bought it for or whatever right 
So it's like that's why NFTs it's are selling like for stock so much. market. I know it's exactly like that. <laughs> like bit, uh, Bitcoin, like cryptocurrency in general, like it's kind of a stock market deal. Makes sense because I don't understand that either. Yeah. <laughs> so like actually it's kind of fucked. Like I don't mean to shit on Elon, but <laughs> my boy really is playing the system. Yeah. Um, he's like Tesla is like insanely overpriced like compared to what it's worth. Like, oh really. man. I don't Wally's know. always telling me about like, he's all into the stock market. I'm sure it is. Honestly, I it would not surprise me, but like Elon will do like where he'll buy into Bitcoin when it's really, really yeah. low. And then he'll be like, oh, my God, Bitcoin's the best. And everybody's like, oh, Bitcoin's the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And it's Elon Musk. So everyone's like, oh, my God, we got to buy into Bitcoin. Yeah. And, and then he rug pulls or whatever mm-hmm. sells out real when it's at the top. Exactly. And then it just goes. Boom. Yeah. And like the same thing with Dogecoin, like when he tweeted yeah. out, like after buying like a shit ton of Do- Dogecoin. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I have one word, Doge. And then everybody bought into Dogecoin. And yeah. now he's like. What is he like a trillionaire? Yeah, now? he's like one of the richest I man or like one of them. Yeah. So, you your other question was who actually is buying NFTs? What is the market for NFTs? I, think I know no one who's told me they bought an NFT. Well, you know people with taste. I do. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm just. Go I'm on. sorry. Um, <laughs> if you own an NFT, I'm so sorry. Let me just whisper in your ears really quick. I'm I so hope sorry. it's a pretty NFT. I hope it's a pretty NFT. If you want to show it to it. me, I I would love to see it. Um, I also have some questions. If you want to like hit me up, maybe we can work on a climate <laughs> agreement together. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, but the it's mostly people that are really into like investing yeah, and like like, like crypto. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like people that are already like the market for like things like the stock market, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. are already like within their ballpark. Ballpark. <laughs> ballpark. <laughs> yeah. So it's within their ballpark. Um, no, it's already within their ballpark. So like. I know it's overstated, but NFT bros, like, yeah, it's, that's so it's real. a thing. Like, I was just thinking, I was like, who are all those people? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, I hate to say it has a look, but it has a look. It does kind of have a um, look. And then also, like, artists. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially during the pandemic, I know a lot of artists were, like, selling NFTs to, like, make money because they weren't making money, like, touring and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, like, even, like, musicians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and, like, uh, people that, like, create digital art or physical art, like, they'll, like, get prints of it yeah. and, like, put it up or whatever. Um, And it's, I think that's great. Yeah. I do. I mean, it has as obvious issues, of course, with... um the climate disaster however i mean a lot of people especially within this and i i used to blame game pretty hard before doing some research but a lot of people just don't even know yeah they don't know so like actually doing yeah before like buying something or before like selling something they won't even do like the research that it it requires Mm -hmm. to like know what you're getting into i guess they're just like oh my god i can make like a million dollars really quick like that sounds great like i would love to sell my art um and then you also get people that do things like bored ape and lazy lion and um cyberpunks i think is another one where it just looks really low effort like i know i know it's probably not as low effort as i just it's it's definitely like they've taken a background kind of like picture of a character and then they just randomize like little faces and accessories that's kind of what like in the boardy ape like stuff like in other nfts that i see it reminds me of like the stickers you'd get at hot topic that are like get off my ass like with like a sassy like cartoon yeah. character or something like that but it's like super simple like i don't know yeah exactly so i mean great for the artists that are selling their art on there and like making their just their just money like yeah. i'm glad i'm happy for you but 
I feel like we could do this in a better way. Yeah. Um, not blaming. Because it's just, not like it's their fault. They yeah, can't do anything about it. Exactly. It's just like a part of the machine. Exactly. But like, who is the machine? <laughs> like, we are the machine yeah, is the problem. Are, yeah. yeah. So the environmental impact of NFTs and cryptocurrency comes from p- computer power. Yeah. So it's not even like NFTs are really the problem, which is why I say like, oh, I don't want to play the blame game because it's not necessarily the artists or the buyers that are the problem. It mm-hmm. is like the miners, yeah. the people that are getting together and buying up all of these computers and gear and rigs and things to go is like that why we have like a graphic card shortage yes right it is now? Like, it is why we have a graphic <laughs> like card shortage past, like, right now. Year or two now exactly um because people are buying up all of that stuff so that they can have better rigs mm-hmm. to mine quicker mine better yes. mine faster um which I already said when I said quicker. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the problem is that since it's a digital bank, essentially, and the bl- and the blockchain is being consistently added to you all day, um, and all of these computers all around the world are doing these microtransactions around the clock, 365 days a year, and there's like this competition for who's going to be the miner that gets it yeah. first, who's going to put it on the blockchain first, you know? They are constantly running their computers, yeah, constantly. Yeah, like literally nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show you a picture right here if you want to describe okay. here. Um, let's see if I can get this up really quick. <laughs> um, so, um, well, I came up with a picture of a swimming pool. That's not really what I was looking for. Um Okay, so this is what we're mostly looking at when it comes to... Oh my god, that's so crazy. There's just like like thousands of computers like in one warehouse. And I bet there's like thousands and thousands of warehouses just like that. Yeah, exactly. So like, let's say, like when we first started, this is not the best picture, of course, but when we first started, this is where we were. Yeah, um, and that's what it turns into. Exactly. Basically. So do you want to kind of describe like what um, we're working with here, like well, at the, the beginning? The just looks like one computer setup, or I can't tell. It's like one monitor with maybe like multiple computer setups. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, at, like a desk, like it's like one person like in their extra bedroom or something. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then it turns into literally a warehouse that probably costs more than the house of the original picture <laughs> and it's filled with uh um thousands of computers that are just unfathomable amounts of money and that's probably because it makes them way more money exactly that, exactly which is crazy and it also probably uses up an insane amount of power yeah and the issue i have with this type of mining and there's different types of mining too that they're trying to lean into like mm-hmm. i think ethereum is currently they work on a like um god what is the name of it like prior it's like per work mm-hmm. so like every block that you add on that's correct and verified you get paid for yeah and they're trying to move to um paper stake i think it is where instead of for every block you add on you just get randomly selected from a pool of people oh, okay. so only one person's working on a single block and then everybody will verify if that's right yeah so it's no longer miners it's verifiers which i think is better is better because then you don't have warehouses like this where one person well i mean i guess you'd still technically have warehouses but you wouldn't have everybody with their warehouse like a hundred people at once in like one city or Mm. one state or whatever right you wouldn't have all have them running it at once it would just be like the one person for this one transaction so it doesn't cost as much computer power 
Interesting. If that makes so sense. Crazy. Yeah. So obviously bringing <laughs> up more questions, we can have a question portion at the end here. Okay. Um, I'll try to do my best. But so that is the issue we have now is just like so much computational power running mm. constantly 365 days a year, 24 seven. Um, and that is a lot of power. Do you want to take a guess oh, or God. a gander at how much, um, let's, let's do particularly Ethereum uses in power all like all time, like, like in a day or like ever. We'll do like a year. How about saying like monetarily value? No, like, like you... in like watts, kilowatts. Like, is it like trillions? Is it more than trillions? I don't know. Just take a guess. Trillions of watts. One trillion watts. <laughs> That's my guess. Um, it uses 96.8 terawatts. What's a, th- what's a terawatt? Um, let's just say for instance, I think this will be a better way to describe because you go, you go my, uh, megabyte, gigabyte, terabyte, yeah. right? So that's like the biggest yeah. Yeah, i mean you can go obviously further but it's a lot of power so that is equivalent to the power consumption of the entirety of kazakhstan of kazakhstan the entire country for like how long for an entire year oh my god that's like so crazy <laughs> wow and that is not even the worst part yeah um it is also equivalent to the entire carbon footprint of singapore for a year whoa that's so not yeah a and this so, is only a thing that keeps upscaling yeah so i mean the one that got me the most i think was this one let me pull up this really quick um loading uh so yeah so the <laughs> the average power consumption or the power consumption um for every single transaction on the ethereum blockchain mm-hmm. every single one like if i was to go to a a coffee shop and they were like well we take ether like let's go we're like hip and happening yeah. and i bought a latte from them right mm-hmm. um that one transaction would be 228.78 kilowatts of energy that one small transaction. that one small transaction and if it's like a bigger purchase is it more no it's just single transactions okay. but that is equivalent to the power consumption of an average u.s household for an entire week for like one well actually a week plus because it's 7.73 days oh my god That's yeah like so for one much. for me to buy my my oat milk latte from this uh is the american it's household american household for a, week. for a week yes that's like so crazy and, and then like it's also buy like 20 coffees a day or like you can like yeah. buy a coffee and then you go to the pet store and you go to the grocery store and like i don't know like in this weird world where like ethereum like is everywhere you exactly know? Like that's crazy. and that's not even the worst part the equivalent carbon footprint to that is equal to if you were to sit down and watch 21,260 hours of YouTube. Oh my god. Yeah, or do 282,828 visa transactions. Oh my god. So it's putting 127.61 kilograms of CO2 into the air for every single transaction. Wow. And the reason that is like I think a lot of people don't put it together just because it seems kind of big and out there is that for all of this computational power it takes power right and that power has to be made somewhere somewhere. and oftentimes that's from these these power plants that put off carbon Mm -hmm. emissions so that's why nfts and like why a lot of people will be like so down on nfts or like 
cryptocurrency in general yeah. is because of how big of an like a carbon footprint it makes yeah. um and like for such small things really truly yeah it's it's the idea that if i was to sell a tweet it would add to a f- like that would add to my like mental like oh yay i have i own a tweet yeah cool me mm-hmm. but it also is adding to the amount of carbon emissions put out into the planet yeah. by like and an immense amount that's so crazy but like more like than anyone it should sees be. it so no one even thinks about it exactly but you're like oh well like climate change you know yeah. like it's getting worse and worse like we're having like like thousands of like pounds of water or gallons of water like it add to the oceans every day like yeah california yeah california is like about to be swept up essentially yeah, like pretty much in florida like, yeah kiss florida goodbye soon. exactly or like even we had i think our first like <clears throat> 115 degree yeah. day in washington yeah last summer last summer like really crazy hot yeah and then now like this spring i feel like it's just been so rainy like i feel like it's usually sunny by now like i feel like yeah. it's making everything weird like not even just like necessarily being hot it's like everything's being exactly weird. well like, that's we get more um, snow in this winter too yeah too i was gonna add um i don't know if it was last year or the year before it might have been year before mm-hmm. um but chicago had that intense yeah. snowstorm like could not get out of your house like blizzarding like yeah. so cold you like die going outside yeah. like snowstorm so, so crazy it's it's not even about like oh it's so hot like global warming it's also like the drastic effect it has on like cold weather as well that's kind of i feel like i've been leaning towards like because tr- i always say global warming out of habit but i've been trying to say climate change more because i think it's more accurate because it's not yeah. just things getting warm I think that's a lot. Yeah, I'll I'll make an effort to move that. <laughs> that that's definitely great. Um, or like Texas getting snow like last year, like what or like something. Yeah, like that. Like Texas had like an insane snowstorm. Like what? That's Texas crazy. is also the only state in this entire country that is on their own power grid. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, and that like it was like everyone was like shaming the governor or something for like fucking up their power system i don't know <laughs> i mean hey it's texas it's texas baby. um it's texas tigers baby in, there's more tigers in texas than there are in the wild <laughs> yeah tiger texas has so many tigers because people can tiger just have king i don't think so but people can just like have exotic animals in texas so there's like just so many like tigers and like zebras and shit like that really makes a lot texas. of sense for some reason and there's more in tigers in texas than there is like in their natural habitat now okay <laughs> i don't know how i feel about tigers. that i i guess i just hope that they're not like unhappy yeah, i guess i'm sure some of them are but i hope some of them are happy me too uh. <laughs> anyway anyways <laughs> i'm nfts um so um a question that riley had because I was like, oh, well, I'll just ask Riley if he has any questions, too. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, already watched, like, four videos on yeah. it. I understand it. And then his only question was, "I like, when will NFTs die off? Yeah. Because he's, like, so sick of talking about them and hearing <laughs> about them. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Um, the only thing I could really come up with is only time will tell. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty likely that they'll stick around for a little bit. But I think that they'll slow in popularity eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, just as we move on, you know, like, because it's only so fun to buy an ape that looks like everybody else's ape (laughs) for so long, you know? And then it's like, it's just a novelty, right? Yeah, exactly. And then I was also going to say too, like, I think that as NFTs either lose popularity or maybe they'll gain popularity, who knows, there will be a better, like 
interest in making it as climate friendly as possible because there's already like ethereum i said is moving to like stakes versus work yeah so like they're they're joining a lot of other um companies as well that are are moving from work to stakes um Mm. to like try to make their carbon footprint a lot less huge um which is great like that's a good move and then a lot of other artists who are like carbon offsetting their their sales so like they know how much of a carbon carbon footprint like this one sale is gonna have Mm. so they'll like be like oh well also we're including like you have to pay for this or i'm just putting this in there as like a thing that i'll do if you pay for this you know plant a tree or something yeah i mean because there's also like websites i think ren is one of them that like if you go on there if you're a business or if you're a person like you can offset your carbon footprint like say you do a lot of shipping or something like you Mm -hmm. can go on to ren and like do that um which is really cool so I mean, I do, I do recognize that there are people out there that are trying to do something yeah. about the carbon footprint. And there's also people who just don't care. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully they don't like last that long. Ah, <laughs> 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 you've got a dark mind. Um, yeah, but exactly. So that is <clears throat> all of the information I gleaned over the past week wow. about NFTs. That's so interesting. Do NFTs. you feel? Do you feel more knowledgeable? On I the do NFT feel part? a bit more knowledgeable, and I also have a lot more. Like I just like it's so strange. It's just a weird concept to me. Like this thing that's like barely real, but yeah. then there's like fourteen year olds who like, like they, I feel like a lot of people who are into NFTs almost like look down on people who don't understand yeah like oh you plebeian kind of thing like totally (laughs) like like, dude it doesn't make sense i don't know if you're a nick is not green watcher but Mm -hmm. he recently went to like an nft convention and he was just trying to troll by like handing out physical nfts by just like giving people like pictures of him and stuff um but like just the amount of like shade people were giving him for like you know just walking around and like asking questions like yeah. was kind of astounding to me like it's like a weird culture thing. yeah exactly like oh you're not you can't be in this culture unless you do your own research which yeah. seems kind of you're weird not, to me you're in the cool club with yeah us. you can't sit with us yeah exactly so like i mean hopefully that opens up as well yeah. as things you know change yeah. but i mean i guess if you think about the way that cars started they were like awful for the environment but like we think we're getting better like question mark question mark question mark i mean are we no. the production for the batteries for most electric cars is pretty not good God yeah. awful. and then we also don't have any way to get rid of them either so in a safe and you know and isn't environmental like small amount way. of like like the metals that you need for it there's like not a lot in like no. the world um oh god what is the thing that's in batteries uh is it lithium no it's not lithium it's something else something like that it's yeah like where it's just hard to get metal. yeah it's, it's hard like to get like one country in like mm-hmm. the middle east or some shit it usually uh, is yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah so do you have any nft questions i can answer for oh, you oh god i don't know i feel like you answered a lot of my questions um I have a similar, I, I guess my, one of my questions was like Riley's is like, when is it going to like die out? Like when is this <laughs> no longer a thing? But I, I hope that it ends up being like, cause I feel like I've heard that it works better on a smaller scale. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like yeah. a big scale. So I don't know. I feel like that'd be interesting, but then you start to scale it up. But then there's also countries like Venezuela who like have no currency and they're like using it to like buy groceries and stuff like crypto. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess that's like another thing to like think about. That's not even something I like did research on, but Venezuela's um, currency was so inflated that their dollar was worth basically nothing. Mm -hmm. So like I think that is a really good point to say and to bring up like that cryptocurrency in that case could be like a lifesaver because in that like when your dollar doesn't mean anything what do you turn to you know yeah like if you buy a slice of bread for like 40 50 bucks like yeah that's intense you know um whereas if you buy it for like maybe like one zero 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 one bitcoin you know like that's not as insane and like the the bitcoin market is not going to be the same as your venezuelan dollar or it's whatever like more it is market. consistent than the venezuela's dollar well was. currently yes currently yes. currently yes but bitcoin itself is also very unstable yeah but isn't that like the nature of crypto though is that it's yeah. just not a stable thing well because because the dollar itself is based upon something it's based upon work which is like label labor versus time mm-hmm. or labor plus time yeah. is equal to work right and so we value like your work at a certain dollar value yeah but cryptocurrency doesn't really have that. Yeah. So there's no like center. Yeah, it's mostly just based around like how fast can you mine more cryptocurrency yeah. or how much do people want cryptocurrency versus how much is out there right now. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a time to be. Yeah. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine someone in like the 1900s listening to this? Oh my god. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, what's an NFT? Is that a new like buggy new new ford truck new ford truck oh my god did ford exist back then no it was in the 1920s i think Uh, or the 1910s i don't remember but it was early 1900s like they did not have a car i don't think they had like horse wagons still horse wagons low-key want a horse wagon though dude me too i would i would pay good money for a horse wagon it's like a pet and a car. Like, okay. zoom, zoom. It's not just going to like break down on the side of the road. Okay. I mean, it 100% will if you have bad wheels or something. But yeah, I'll keep an extra wheel on me. <laughs> keep an extra horse on me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tune in next week where I figure out what horsepower is. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's one of our questions. Yeah. We have so many questions. I have so many questions. Just never stops. And I'll, I'll say this as somebody who's confidently here with zero listeners and zero people that <laughs> yeah. will listen to us. Do you have any questions? We would love to hear We would love questions. to hear your questions. If and you made it this far. Somehow, yeah. If you, for some reason, <laughs> you like our voices and this <laughs> did not make you want to vomit in your mouth. Um, Maybe you learned something. Yeah. So I think we're going to start up an Instagram. Yeah later yes Yes. and um i we have a a a gmail yeah (laughs) we have that i mean if you got questions you can send it to our gmail which is what uh w-k-u-u-a-n at gmail.com if you want to make it easier on yourself it's just what keeps us up at night at gmail.com but you don't use any of the letters except for the first letter in every yeah, word. Yeah, just like the abbreviations of the Yes, of the thank you. Name, what is that? An acronym. Acronym. An yes. acronym. Waquan. Waquan. <laughs> yes. So that is our email. If for some reason you would like to communicate with us. Uh, if so, cool. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, until next week. Yeah. Hopefully, because Something I like am that. going to Spain. Yeah. Um, Th- but after that it'll be probably but, yeah, more regular like I, I think so exactly yeah. for yeah. sure Z's. 
and we'll have lots more questions. Yes. Uh, maybe I'll present more topics that I can't give you answers to. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave you, leave you with more questions. <laughs> what do you have? More questions. <laughs> more questions. Just a bag of questions. <laughs> I have brought you a bag of questions, Buster. <laughs> That's me showing up at your house, oh basically. <laughs> I love that. Okay. All right. Signing off. Peace out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.